So as I said, uh, we have Pastor Shelton and Melissa amongst us. Um, you know, I know them since the time I came to know the Lord, you know, uh, since 1988. Uh, now we are meeting uh, in person almost after 25 years. You know, we are meeting after 25 years. And uh, so God has used them uh, mightily for his glory. They are uh, the pastors and leaders of uh, New Life Fellowship uh, that is in India. And, um, you know, I just asked him lately, uh, how many churches are there now? And he said, we lost the count. Uh, and so it's just growing. God is blessing the work. Uh, not only in India, but other parts of the world, you know, and I know in Dubai also, there's New Life Fellowship. But just not that, but God has used them in different parts of the world, um, you know, with some great men of God. They have been preaching, ministering, um, and uh, from here they will be going to U.S., uh, you know, ministering over there. So it's a great uh, privilege and honor for us to have them with us. So let's welcome them even as he comes and shares the word to us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And uh, it's just so wonderful to be able to see Sanjay and Mary and now Abhishek. And even we met Anthony and Grace in Brighton. We were with them as well. Wow. And Peter, after many, many, many years. So wonderful to be, just know that we are welcomed here with you. And just humbled uh, to be here sharing with you. And uh, we live in a, a great time, actually. An exciting time in the nations of the earth. And we enjoyed the worship and just the fellowship as we came in here. So I'm going to share uh, from a passage I'm going to take, and then we're going to go around the Bible, part of the Bible. And uh, my text would be from John 20, uh, 19 to 22. And there's a particular thing I want to talk about from there. Uh, and as we hear this word, and uh, we pray the Holy Spirit would minister to all of us, not just for us, but also to take it out and that we would be a blessing to the city, to the town, to wherever God's placed us in this time. So I'll, I'll read the scripture from John 20, 19 to 22. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, I'll just keep my time. On the first day of the week, the doors being locked. Now, this is the time when we know Jesus had died, and the disciples were very, very discouraged. And uh, this is that situation, right? And the doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. 
And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So when you look at this carefully, it says here, when the doors were shut, the doors were locked. Jesus had been taken from them, as I said, and it was natural that they should think that the Jews would attempt to make them the next targets. So they met in the evening with closed doors. They could have been accused of some kind of sedition as they had been with Jesus. And their minds were undoubtedly troubled. How many of us have troubled minds at some times, right? How many of us times take refuge behind locked doors? May not be physical, but we just lock ourselves within and try to find a way out. They had seen their master being taken away, put to death, a cruel death on the cross. But a part of them had seen Jesus alive. And this state of agitation and flux, they naturally came together to try to huddle in the security of one another. And it's here, it's here this time Jesus, the resurrected one, comes into the scene. It was this death-like situation. But our Lord who is overcome comes. And the first thing he says is peace. Now we've often talked about that word peace. We use it very frivolously. But when the Bible is talking about this peace, and I want to dwell basically on that this morning. Because it's a powerful thing that God is reminding us about. And when we look at Isaiah 9 and in the Old Testament, which was prophetic and a prophecy about Jesus, right? We know he was called the wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. We live in a nighttime kind of situation. We don't have to talk about COVID, but many of us saw the ambiguity and the fears and all sorts of voices in the world kind of death, knocking at the doors. And we hope that those situations are over. And I'm not a doomsday guy, but the news is that that probably is just the beginning. However, 
I think what God is showing us in this time of shaking in the nations, you know, at one time we were hearing about Putin trying to press the button and I know Britain was rising, Europe was rising and, 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 the, and those threats do loom, right? They loom. And God's not called us to live in that kind of fear. The resurrection of Jesus is really the hope of the world, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord coming down to earth. And we know there are financial uncertainties. I know in India we come from situations where there's other things and persecutions and, 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 and in many of the countries of the world, if you look through, there are different kinds of shakings that are happening. And, and God wants us really to be prepared, not just in a defensive position, but to be prepared for the greatest hour possibly of the church on the earth. Yes, there's expressions of injustice, and I said persecution, uncertainties about job situations and all these things. And beloved, I so believe that the life of God and the peace of God that we're talking about is something tangible and something very powerful that if we get a hold of this, we are going to know what it is to be more than a conqueror in many, many situations. So what really is this peace? What does the Bible say about this peace? Which is also known in the Greek as the irene, that word there when Jesus is speaking, the peace. It's the word we call Irene, the, the name Irene, you know, irene. It's, it's really, I like what one theologian called it, life at its best. But it really meant wholeness. It means completeness. Now this is not just a philosophical thought in the mind. Because often when we talk of peace, we think of, oh, I have peace of mind. Or, you know, I have this in my pocket. I have enough money in the bank, so I'm peaceful. It is much, much more than that Jesus has come to bring to the world and bring to all of us in this church, young and old. Because as we saw in that passage, not only did Jesus come and bring this irony, which in the Old Testament is called the word shalom. I'm sure you've heard of that. Where we speak the shalom. And we look at that word shalom, which the New Testament pieces is, which Jesus is talking about is derived from. It means completeness. It's very correlated to this word in the Greek. It means completeness. It means wholeness. It means welfare it means prosperity in some way that means in christ we lack nothing in christ we lack nothing when you look in through the bible it, it's used in various various situations and we're not doing a full bible study this morning but when you look at Joshua 8.31, it talks of the shalom stone. 
A stone which was uncut, which was supposed to be on the altar, which was supposed to be whole, symbolizing really. You see, when we come to God in sacrifice, and that was, was Jesus became for us. He was a whole sacrifice. He was complete without blemish for my sin and your sin and for the sin and the brokenness of whatever we see around us. Be it in our workplace, be it our family life. Be it in our own hearts sometimes because of our own sin, our own failings, in spite of coming to know him, we sometimes battle with the flesh in our own hearts, right? Right? Or is it only me? Okay. So, so we see the shalom stone, the completeness. In fact, in, in Job, it, he refers to, you will know your tents are in shalom because nothing is lacking. Nothing is lacking. I'll come to that. Don't shut up because don't just look at our situation and say, oh man, I've got plenty of lacking. What do you mean nothing is lacking? But we can see something as, 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 as this unfolds. So nothing is missing. That is why when David comes to meet his brothers, when his brothers was at battle and David was looking after the sheep, right? He was not yet fit for battle, so they thought. And then David is sent by his father and he's sent to find out the shalom of his brothers. And he asked, in fact, he asks about their shalom. He asks about the well-being, whether anything is missing, whether they need anything. So, beloved, the famous word in chapter 29 of Jeremiah, which is often quoted, but it's just quoted sometimes in a very isolated text. But if you see that chapter in 29.7, God is telling the Israelites who were disobedient, some of them, but the good and the bad, then go into exile. And the prophets, the prophets had warned them that this is going to happen because of the disobedience of a nation. And the false prophet said, no, nothing's going to happen. And however, the Lord was still with them. Because he said, even when you go to this place, he says here in Jeremiah 29, 7, seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be exiled. So we wonder, man, what are you doing here in this land I'm exiled I'm, and God's saying these very people who caused me to be here I should be cursing them God is saying to them seek the peace seek the shalom if you see that word in some translations it says seek the welfare of the city to which I have called them how often do we look at our cities and this is something we've been challenged in the last four years, especially, about seeking the peace of our cities, our towns, our villages. And a new generation has been really challenging us theologically with this kind of word. And often when we are distraught or we go into uncomfortable situations in our job, in our business, with some clients, with some people, maybe in the church, how often, and we've all gone through that, because we live in a broken world. But Jesus has come to make this broken world whole. 
And he's in the process of wholeness in your life, in my life. In one sense, we are whole. In one sense, we are saved. In another sense, we are on the journey and being saved. But in the same process as he's working in us, he's working in those who don't know him yet. Can we believe that? That there's hope for all these people in the world. Today we have the electricity on and there may be some people at the power station who don't know God, right? But you know the common grace of God is at work in our world? It's at work and we need to be recognizing that and blessing those people instead of cursing them. And even when we're going through difficult situations, we have an option and an opportunity. I'll, I'll come to that in a moment and see, and we can see the power of God in even us not just receiving that peace, but giving that peace and proclaiming that peace and sharing that peace and that love of God. Obviously, in the love of God is the peace of God. We all are able to benefit. Because he says, seek the peace of the city, for if the city prospers, then you prosper. How many of us are wondering, I know Anthony's running a shop in Brighton there, and he's quite the top of that area, because I was just there, and you know everyone was, hi, hi Anthony, hi. And, 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 and we were just talking of so many people in a day, about 200 people probably coming into a shop, and the opportunity he has to just bless them. And, and, and slowly, what's going to happen, people are going to see the difference. Because, and, and he took me to another shop, and this without being biased, and I said, man, there's something lacking there, but I see life in this shop. I see the shalom in this shop. And that's what we are called to be in our business, in our life, in every area of our life. Amen. God loves us, beloved, and he has a plan for us. You see, when we look at Aaron, he was called by Moses as the high priest. He was a high priest. Now in the new covenant, and many of us know this, but when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, and when we receive him into our lives and we become born again, and children of God, simply by his grace, not our works, we also become his priests. Amen. What does 1 Peter 2.9 say? You are a chosen generation, right? You are chosen. You are not left out of the game. You don't have to feel rejected this morning, no matter what person's rejected you. I want to tell you today, you are chosen. You are accepted in the beloved. And God wants this truth to sink into our hearts. Because rejection is one of the number one weapons of the enemy to destroy us mentally, emotionally, and even physically. Leave alone spiritually. But we are not rejected. When Christ died on the cross, and even if you were left out of a team when you were a young person and you harbored that in your heart today, let that go. Because there's room in the team for each one of us. Amen. There's no 12th man, as a cricketer would say. But we all are accepted in the beloved. 
And here he calls us, beloved. And so in Aaron's blessing, which we often talk about that blessing and we speak it at marriages very often, but we don't see the reality of the power of the blessing. And so he says to him in chapter 6 of Numbers 22 to 27, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel, and you shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. How, haven't we heard that? Sometimes just in the benediction. But that's to be a reality. And, and, and he told Aaron, we can do that. And I believe God's calling us to be a people who would speak that blessing because he goes on to say, The Lord lift up the countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you the shalom. Give you the sense of being that you lack nothing in that place. Can you imagine the canopy of the presence of God around you? In him, the Bible says, we live and move, have our being. But God wants us to be aware of this. He wants us to acknowledge this. And as we do that, we will begin to see more and more of the strength of God in our weakness. That's why Paul says, though I am weak, yet I am strong. And his strength is made perfect in my weakness. I have no qualms about saying I am weak without God. I tell people, you know, who look to us as leaders, I said, they ask my wife, she'll tell you how weak I am. And we fail in certain areas. But coming to this completeness in God, the complete creation that God made, there was nothing lacking. Sometimes we look to Genesis and just think about the fall, but look at the beautiful thing around us. We're talking about gardening that's going to happen. And the beauty of the plant and the beauty of the flowers in this spring season. And every blade of grass is so different and so, so unique. And every one of us is so different and so unique. Let's celebrate it. Let's not fight it. Let's celebrate that because in him together we are complete in marriage as husband and wife. We complement each other. We disagree. And sometimes that disagreement can become an irritant. If we don't realize that Melissa, my wife, has something I don't have. And I've had to repent. I, I've forgotten how many times. But ask for forgiveness. Because we've been married 43 years. But in this journey, we've had many times of this kind of differences. And thank God that in him, no matter where you are at whatever stage of life, there can be completeness and wholeness. Praise the Lord. For he, it says in Ephesians 2.14, he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. He himself is our peace. Now we have a lot of things of, you know, in India of different faiths, even here of different people groups. India has the most people groups in the world, by the way. When God said, go and make nations, disciples of nations, the most nations in the world in this, in, in one nation is in India. But every, today when we look in this country, there are nations. Praise God for the church that we're getting nations here. Hallelujah. 
Amen. That's a, that's a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven that we're going to see more and more as the church grows. And it's growing and it's going to grow. And you probably have to have multiple services if you're going to have this place. Amen. So we see he himself is our peace who has made us one and broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. It's only in Christ can marriages be held together or healed or relationships be restored. You know, when I look at Sanjay and Mary, one of the things that struck me as I was talking, I'm meeting them after 25 years, is here's a man who carries a, a heart. And I believe as I came into this church and I was hearing, I felt the word restoration. Now I'm not talking restoration of a movement we had. I'm talking of the actuality of this church being a place of restoration for many, many people. Amen. And that's where the shalom will be more and more manifested. So there have been times in our lives when, you know, personally, we've gone through times when we were distraught and we didn't know which way to go. And that peace and that sense of peace started to get rattled. Has that happened to you? And you say, where is the peace? Why am I feeling like this? And you know, Colossians 3, in that verse, there's, there's some amazing truth there. But it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were indeed, you were called in one body and be thankful. Now that word peace of Christ rule, you know what it means, the word rule? Let that peace be the umpire. In cricket, there's an umpire or, or the referee in football. That when something goes wrong, the whistle blows. And everyone looks, well, you fouled, you fouled this. So the peace of Jesus is like an umpire. And when it gets rattled, it's time to stop and say, not just look at that person. If you're in a family, don't say, oh, he's to blame or she's to blame. But let's look in our own hearts first to see, hey, what's gone wrong here? Maybe Shelton needs to repent here. Maybe my attitude has not been right towards that brother or towards that sister. Or something in the past where I've been hurt. Let the peace rule. So when that peace is upset, we need to come back to the cross. Come back to the reality of the Holy Spirit who is working even this moment around us and in us. Thank God Jesus didn't leave us alone, right? He said, I'm going to the Father, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. We can't see him, but I tell you, you can know him. Because he's going to lead you and guide you in all truth. In the depths of your heart, as you come in honesty before God, willing not to justify ourselves, but knowing we are only justified by the blood of Jesus, as we come with that heart, we begin to see the Holy Spirit showing us and taking away the hardness. Because sometimes unresolved hurts and unresolved relationships can bring a hardness in our hearts. And the peace seems to elude us. But when we come back into that, and, and some relationships you have no power over, obviously, but at least from your side, when you say, Lord, I want to... I want you to do in my life what I need to do. 
bless that person or pray for that person or if I need to do something, help me to do it. So how are we going to continue in this peace? How are we going to walk in this peace? Now the Bible says a lot about this and there's a lot about promises. It's probably a whole days or maybe a few days you can keep dwelling on this. But I just want to quickly talk about actually plugging into this in real time, right? It's not supposed to be, as I said, just a thought or a good concept. It's supposed to be living in the reality. Our God is real. That's the difference when we look at, at different kinds of faith. We see God is real. And our bodies become his temple when we come to know him. But sometimes it seems far off. He seems only in heaven. But he's actually here on earth. And he's within us. And not only wants to work within us and is working within us. He wants to work through us. I remember some years ago, it just came to my mind, but there was a lady, you know, we, we used to pray on, uh, we had an office and a seventh floor, a house of prayer, some of you all remember, you guys, and, 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 and on the sixth floor, we had this lady, when anyone would come up and pass the sixth floor, because the lifts sometimes were on alternate floors, sometimes on the same floor, they had about three lifts, and, and she would suddenly open a door. She was a troubled lady, but she would say, you have touched my door because, you know, very narrow corridors and said, you're disturbing us and you're talking about prayer and you're doing this. And for no rhyme or reason, there was an agitation. And, and these young people would tell me, hey, she said this to me. And she said that to me. I just say, bless her, pray for her. So one day, Melissa and I were passing by the door. And guess what? She opened the door and she said, you touched my door. <laughs> Now, I was wondering whether, you know, she needs help mentally and uh, in whatever way. But I said, I didn't touch her door. And, we, and she started to curse. And the flesh in my heart started to rise up, the carnality. And I wanted to give her back, you know, a few words. But, but at that time, I was restrained in my heart. And I felt the Spirit saying, bless her. Bless her with that peace. Bless her. You know, the Bible says, bless those who curse you. This blessing is actually a weapon. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it's a powerful weapon. I remember years ago, we had walking about the perimeter of Mumbai. And we had churches come together at different points. And you remember that? And we would meet together and then pray and then disperse for 15 minutes walk. And we... We covered the circumference of the city. And when I, I, I'm happy to see that many churches praying, you're going to have that day. Because there's power in the unity of the body. In spite of our brokenness, in spite of our hurts. Therefore, beloved, let's just keep our hearts right. Anyway, let, let me go on to the story. But as we were praying, there were hard areas of the city. As we were praying and blessing and carrying the love and the salvation of God, there were hard areas of the city that opened out that we never saw open before. So not only do we have a responsibility or we, the privilege of accepting and knowing the shalom in our lives, but we have the privilege of giving it out. You can never lack when you start giving it out. In my 
depressed time sometimes i just wanted to be to myself and i've had to go and speak to somebody and as i've done that and stepped out guess what my heaviness lifted sometimes you may not feel like coming to church but you know when you come in you say hey something changed and that's that's the power of really giving of ourselves to god even in the most bankrupt moments we can give of our lives we can give of our love and we'll begin to see god just filling this up amen so coming to god is the first thing allowing god to search my heart examining my heart repenting forgiving and when there are hurts and i can't forgive saying god help me to forgive though i can't we've seen healings just come when people have forgiven physical healings and i'm sure some of you have experienced that you see so coming to god bringing our memories sometimes that even of the past that trigger some things the holy spirit is able to say you remember that that keeps coming up and when you think of that situation you get raw and you get hurt bring it back to me and let me heal you because that's what he wants to do so staying our mind on christ so coming to him and staying our mind on christ you see Isaiah 53 the other day as a prayer as a city prayer we met together for two and a half days and one of the passages we took was Isaiah 53 and we said just read it go to your rooms and read it we just broke the the meeting up and said just disperse and people read Isaiah 53 4 and 5 and this whole chapter again and started to read it reread it and reread it you know lecto divino divino it's 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 really reading the scriptures slowly and allowing god to speak to you something we read fast we read it out of duty but coming back to god coming back to the cross and when i see what he's done for my sin my ugliness and giving it back to him that will renew our hearts and renew our minds no matter how long you've been in the lord god wants us to be fresh Amen. So prayer and blessing I've already touched on that but don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication making your requests known to God. In everything you say everything everything when the bible says everything the greek and everything says everything. Amen. And I've seen the power of praying in everything the littlest thing the biggest thing bringing it to god for your decisions and you'll begin to see with thanksgiving why with thanksgiving because knowing that god your father he loves you more than anyone else he loves you immensely you may have the greatest lover at your side but i tell you is nothing compare to the love of the father the love of the son and the holy spirit he'll never leave us he'll come to us even in our failing times he doesn't condemn us he only convicts us and says when we do this in verse 7 in philippians 4 it says and the peace of god the irony of god surpassing all understanding it goes beyond the understanding is going to guard our hearts and mind 
It's going to guard us. It's going to keep us. And just a few more minutes and then we're going to pray together. And then this whole thing of abiding. So yes, coming to him, looking at the cross, allowing the word of God. You know, sometimes you don't feel like reading it, but read it slowly and say, God, I just come to you, pray it. You can pray the scriptures back to God. That's the greatest therapy that you can ever receive. And then praying to him. And in the praying you bless. You don't only pray for your city, you bless your city. Let's start blessing our city. You know, I was just in one of the retreat centers in Faldi Brennan and I was here the second time. And some amazing things have happened, not with great height, but in very quiet times, people have just been healed. And one of the, one of the, the, the ethoses that are carried there is not only the power of intercession as a priest, but the power of blessing. Bless those. Not just those who curse you. But if you see God doing something, say, God, thank you. Bless this. And even I bless it. It's not like I have a... You know, and when you start blessing, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find your love for that increase. When you start praying for something, you'll start seeing that increase. I, I was in a, in a place in North India, and uh, I met uh, the brother was just here in Wales preaching. But I was at his house, and we were on this road, which is a terrible road. You know, it was just boom, up and down. If you're in India, you'll know what I mean. You're used to good roads. Praise the Lord. Bless it even more. And I said, I, he's saying this road is terrible. I said, uh, why don't you stop the car? I said, how long has this been like this? He's saying, I don't know, for years. I said, let's just pray and bless the road and bless the people who are behind this. And we did that. And I forgot about it. The next year when I was there, he was taking me. He's saying, hey, do you remember something? I said, what? He stops the car. He says, you remember we blessed the road and prayed for this, these people and the road was done. Amen. So be it your business. When you get into your office, beloved, bless it. Bless your boss even if he seems bad. The other situation, lastly, I just want to talk about as we, we learn to abide in God with this, repent, don't keep don't keep your sins for 10 years. But when something is wrong, repent immediately. Ask God for help. Ask brothers for help. Ask sisters for help. We all are vulnerable. We all be vulnerable and help each other. That's the community that Jesus is building in this church and in the churches of the earth. So fellowship and friendship. When you feel like I'm not at peace, I don't want to go to church. That's the time you should be in church. I don't want to meet that brother. That's the time you need to go and say, I want to meet Pastor Sanjay. Because the enemy, we are fighting a hidden enemy and hidden powers of darkness. And don't depend on your own understanding, but depend on what God says to do. And you'll find that shalom the, being your portion. And I've seen, even in the COVID time, God, and I'm going to finish with this, but God told us at that time, in the first wave, you need to go to this part of the U.S. 
And everyone said, you can't travel. We didn't have our injection yet because there was not enough in India. And the word said, you need to go. And my other son calls up. He said, dad, I think you need to go there. And another brother in our church said, you why, but you need to go. But everybody else said, you don't need to go. Because the plane, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you know, you may be. So. But we, that's where the peace settled in our hearts. It took time for both of us to come into one heart in that. But as the peace came in and we stepped out, God opened doors that we never knew were there. And God just opened everything else. And God kept us through that time and, and helped us to be messengers of the tomb. And the same thing happened in the second wave, in another predicament, in another situation. And I'm not saying I'm some super saint far from it. I'm, I'm just like you, but I'm learning to walk in the shalom of God, be it in finances, be it in relationships, be it in thinking about a city and a nation that seems impossible to reach. God is going to do some amazing things through our lives. And guess what? He's going to use the insignificant to do the significant. So can we just take a moment to stand and maybe our brothers can come up here. I know Sanjay told me around 12 we got to finish at least time of ministry. But there's so much here. If you take time, beloved, to, re to reflect on this shalom. You know, when in, in Israel, even today, when the Sabbath comes, what do they say? Shalom Shabbat. You know what it means? It means completeness in rest. The last words, one of the last words on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. He finished the work for you and me. No matter how broken, no matter how sinful, no matter what habit, no matter what we are battling, he said it is finished and we need to come in humble submission to him and say, Lord, let that finished work continue to work in my life. And it's not just going to happen with you individually, but as we come together, as we come hand in hand, as we, I just met my brother Peter and, and we talk about, you know, the exchange years ago. And, and, and there's an exchange. That's the meaning of the word fellowship, right? It's exchange. It's, it's you have something that I don't have and I may have something that you don't have. And it's receiving and giving to one another. Even in things that can't be seen and can't be tangible. It's not only money. In COVID, when we started, we had 3,000 people in our own churches to feed who were daily workers. And we started with 2,500 rupees. And God just started to begin to just bring it in from everywhere. And then the whole city started to do that for independent pastors and for others who couldn't afford. And there was enough one to spare. Amen. That old saying make, says many hands make work light. Light, brother. Peter, light. <laughs> many hands make work lighter or light. It's so true. It's so true. And you're not just a small church here. You're not just an insignificant individual. You are someone who's carrying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
praise God for King Charles and I saw the coronation it was good I like the scriptures that were read but this was just a symbol to tell England hey look to the King of Kings you tell UK look to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he is with us today oh God just let's continue to open our hearts because I believe God wants to just continue to impart the shalom into our lives this morning even as the music plays just allow the shalom the peace the well-being of God to just churn your heart this morning to bring the pain bring it to him if there's pain if there's a memory, if there's one person who's pained you, if there's something of the past, and I believe there are some of us, and we want to, sometimes we don't want to think about it, but God wants to take it, redeem it, and make you whole again. So just bring it to the Father today. It's a safe place with God. Maybe a struggle in school or a struggle at work or struggle in family. Come, let's bring it to God. A struggle within you, come bring it to God. And this morning you're here and you're battling with something in your heart. Probably a job situation. And you need prayer, beloved come forward this morning or if you're in a situation where you say I've lost that peace and you want prayer there's going to be prayer here this morning at this place so you can come forward this is a safe place of ministry but even as you're standing there I believe the Holy Spirit of God is just I see like a picture of a of a musical instrument and the string has been broken some other strings are there but it's not playing that melody that it's supposed to play but God wants to restore that string thank you Jesus